0: To put on your tinfoil hats. Tonight, we're going to have George on. George is going to share with us an uh, experience he had when he was young with his younger brother. Really interesting account. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot us an email at challengeunknowngmail.com. All right, George, man, how's it going, dude?
1: I thank you for inviting me today. And I want you to talk about. Well, I wanted to talk about the apparition at my house, something that happened while I was playing hide-and-seek with my brother. Mm -hmm. This was about some 13 years ago, 2007. I do not remember the month exactly. But I would like to begin giving you some details about the house that I thought you might consider important. Okay. The first thing is that back then the house was about 60, and it was built by by my great-grandpa. Four generations of people lived there, including my great-grandparents, my grandparents, my mother, eventually my father, and us, my brother. and. Now, my great-grandmother actually died there. She, well, they told us she had a late stage of cancer. And she passed away on her bed I, told, I tell you this because my mother and my great-grandmother always told us that my great-grandma was looking after us. Mm-hmm. Up to this day, I do not know how to interpret that. It's just like an eerie phrase. Now, to give you a simple layout of the house really, really quick, if you enter the house, to the left, you have the living room, we have some sofas there, table. It is covered by a light green curtain. My room, the one I shared with my brother, it was on the back on the second floor. Okay. And the third floor, we used it as a storage room, it's an attic, but it was really full of light, and we used to play a lot of hide and seek.
0: Sounds like a big house, man. Like you had a lot of options, a lot of a lot of space for you. Especially, you know how everything's bigger when you're a kid, you know.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And we will use the spot, we will move around, all of that. On this particular day, I was alone with my brother. Grandma was out doing groceries and my parents were out at work. It was about 1 p.m., 2 p.m. So my brother is seven at the time. I'm nine. And we began playing for a few rounds. He goes first, and we will use a lot of our environment to trick the other. We will sometimes make noises in another room and then quickly go on hiding to other. And at some point, it is my turn to seek, and my brother has to hide. So I'm on the second floor and I start counting. And once I shout, ready or not, so I go. Really quickly downstairs, and then I see my brother behind the green curtain of this wide window in the living room, and I tell him that that's a really easy spot, and that he should hide somewhere else. That well, it's now his turn to come and see. So he doesn't move, he doesn't answer, he stays there. Twenty minutes later, when my brother comes downstairs from the third floor from the attic or storage room and he tells me why didn't you come sick that's when I began feeling something was wrong kind of like eerie and I just ask him did you leave your shoes on the first floor and he just gives me this cold lifeless stare no I didn't I'm just confused of what So I thought, well, maybe he's playing a prank on me or something. But I clearly remember seeing him on the first floor. But apparently this was not the case. So I tell him, come with me to the first floor so that we can check out what is that on the curtain. He just nods silently, and we start going slowly down the stairs with our backs to the wall, kind of scared. I didn't tell him what I saw yet. I just wanted to make sure. So I go downstairs until I get a clear vision of the curtain. And strangely, there was nothing there anymore. That silhouette that I thought I saw wasn't there. And it really creeped me out. Because the first thing I assumed is that there really was someone down there. Maybe they got in the house or something, and that they moved. But there was no signs of entrance, the door was closed, or anything like that. So. I begin approaching the place where the silhouette was. And when I'm getting closer, I notice that the shoes are still there. I just start reaching with my right hand towards the curtain and just start shaking it up everywhere. And there's nothing there. The silhouette just kind of vanished. I look around. Nothing, nothing at all. And I still began shaking more violently the curtains until an airwig falls on my shoulder. And I kind of become scared and run upstairs with my brother. That's when I ask him once again if he put those shoes there. He just plainly tells me, no, no, I didn't. I, I don't know who put the shoes there. And he just told me, maybe we should wait until grandma arrives. I, I agree. And we stayed put on the sofa. But we were so scared. My brother was just as confused as me. Because in that time we stayed on the sofa, we didn't talk about anything, we were just kind of in light shock. And I began wondering if maybe it really was a prank, because we used to play some really heavy pr- pranks on each other but I, I began wondering how could my brother go from our room, pick up the shoes, go downstairs, put them at the base of the curtain and then go upstairs to the third floor in 10 seconds without me cheering about him running around or making noise. Later when grandma arrived, she just saw the tennis shoes and told us kids, we you shouldn't leave your shoes around stuff like that. Grandma just so that was when I felt safe. Sometimes I really wonder if it was something I remembered wrongly. What makes me really curious about it nowadays is that my brother when asked sometimes he says he remembers and sometimes he denies but i deep down know he's trying to convince himself that there was nothing that maybe i was just being paranoid
0: yeah man that's really crazy dude like so just just to kind of recap there so you've got 1st, 2nd, and 3rd floor attic, and yeah. in the living room on the 1st floor, there was a big window with curtains, and you counted to 10, and then you noticed that there were shoes at the bottom of the curtain, and then you also, in your memory, you saw a silhouette of your brother behind the curtain, like a silhouette from the light shining in, correct? Yeah, yeah,
1: it- It really freaks me out. And sometimes I really think down on what my mother used to say, that my great-grandma was watching over us. I don't know. It's just that Mexican folklore is so weird.
0: One of the things that you did point out in terms of like logically looking at it is how did your brother, in the 10 seconds, run to your room on the second floor, grab shoes, run all the way back downstairs, put the shoes underneath the curtain, run all the way up to the attic without you seeing or hearing anything. Yeah,
1: never happened again. Well to me at least. My brother used to say that he felt someone poking his shoulder from behind. While going downstairs every now and then.
0: You know, it's and it's it's the only experience you said you really you've really ever had, so, you know, I understand that it's a definitely something that you really seem like you struggle to wrap your head around because it's something where you're like trying to balance was it just my childhood like memory and imagination playing tricks on me, but then you look at it as an adult from like the logical perspective. And there's just like a lot of a lot of holes where it doesn't really make any rational sense.
1: Yeah, look you say one tries to go for the logical approach and everything, but sometimes pieces don't note fit. You know Mexican folklore they think that the Day of the Dead, all of that. Oh yeah, to the afterlife, stuff like that. It has some symbolism, and they would say, "Well, just your grandma." Maybe it's just grandma looking around, stuff like that. And I think that's really chilling thing to say to children, you know.
0: Yeah, like you said, that's an eerie statement where your your mother and your grandmother used to say, uh, you know that. Great-grandma was watching over you and stuff. You know, that's pretty eerie, but it, it sounded like you really weren't too sure about that whole thing. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. People would tell us about the staircase, the one that connected the first floor to the second floor, and the courtyard. Because that staircase, when it was nighttime, even when the lights were on, the bottom of the staircase, it just looked like, The bottom of a well pit, light somehow couldn't reach. Also in the night, it was kind of cold, colder than the house, really cold. But, well, you get used to it, to be honest.
0: You said that you guys sold the house a few years back? Yeah,
1: it was about three or four years.
0: Based on what you were saying, there really weren't a lot of like experiences in this house. Like It was just that one that you had, and your brother had made comments about really unusual things also. And then beyond that, it's just really eerie, unexplainable feelings.
1: Yeah, it's, it's nothing too cliche, like the movies where ghosts appear, get no sleep because some poltergeist will appear. These random moments here, and my brother walks when he's asleep around the house at 2 3 a.m in the morning because he always walked when he was asleep
0: oh your brother sleepwalked
1: yeah yeah he does that still up to this day
0: huh man like i really like your account man like that's really interesting man and you know it sounds like you still kind of struggle with like looking back on it because it's there's still a lot of questions that you don't really have answers to man
1: I, I try not to rub my head around it too much because I know I'm not going to get any closure on that kind of thing. I think the most I could do would be to contact the new owner, ask him, hey, is the house all right? Are you being spooked by my great-grandma? Yeah, but that would be pretty ridiculous.
0: It was, uh, that was the one major experience that you really described. But other than that, it was little things here and there. Like you said, nothing too cliche, where it was like the movies. It was just some weird, unexplained things happened, and, you know, you kind of just live with it now.
1: And if something has stayed with me after all these years, well, I accepted the fact that there may be some some things we cannot explain.
0: Dane, you're uh, you doing all right over there? I know you're having audio problems on your end. Yeah, I I'm trying to listen as best as I can, but it's kind of hard. Yeah, Dane, Dane's been dealing with some audio problems. That's why it's gonna be outstanding when we get you down here. Um, so we don't have to do the the three way train anymore.
1: Mm.
0: But yeah, I don't know what's going on with your audio, man. Like it's something you've been struggling with for a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah, I think I might need to purchase a a different like audio driver setup. You got any questions for him, Dane? He kind of just uh, just wrapped up there his his whole encounter for us, man. And it's it's really a it's really a head scratcher for sure. Nothing that pertains specifically to the story. I'm glad that you have that mindset of like I'm not going to worry about it too much. I'm not. I know I'm never going to get you know some rationalization out of this. You know, it's just something that I reflect on and. It's just something that happened, you know, and I really wonder, you know, like, like the silhouette is really interesting how, sure, your mind might be playing tricks on you. People like as their kids, they swear that, oh, you know, I saw this when I was a kid. And then as they get older, they just rationalize and be like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that was just a, you know, that was a bird, you know. Um, But at the same time, it's like, there are a lot of things in your story and you remember it so well that. I'm just not convinced man that it was just like a random fluke. I feel like there was probably something there's probably something more to it in my opinion.
1: I think as well that I know we were really close. I really have fond memories of her even if I was 3.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it's good to hear that you have have those fond memories, you know. The last person we had on actually had to completely wipe the episode because like the audio that she was coming through was so because of the internet connection was so bad like Almost nothing was audible, um, and you couldn't follow the story at all. So I actually had to scrap the entire episode, unfortunately. So I'll probably reach out back to her at a later time and see if I can get her on again because I I do think her story was uh, was really interesting, but like the audio was just far too degraded for us to run it.
1: Well, yeah, that, that really sucks, and I'm sorry if Dane couldn't hear me as well. That's an issue on my end. It's, I think it's something wrong with my computer
0: specifically. Yeah, we've, mm. we've been dealing with oh, see, Dave's issue for a couple of weeks now, but we're, we're, we're going get, to get it figured out, you know, and we're getting him moved down here, so, you know, it's... All of this stuff is going to be upgraded, you know, in the near future, so, you know, we're going to have Full well, microphone setups and everything, and it'll be great once we get everything, you know, once we get him down here and situated, and you know, everything will really, we'll get really get the ball rolling. So just, just yeah, gotta write well, it out, man.
1: I'm looking forward to see, well, to hear more podcasts with the with the upgraded audio and everything because it was, they were really interesting, and I think well that sums it up, I guess.
0: Right on, man. Thanks for the kind words, man. Really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you coming on with us tonight.
1: Oh, The pleasure is mine. I've never been invited to a podcast before.